1: All right, everybody, I know it's been a while since I've put out some episodes. I do have a couple of them for you here this week, and I hope you enjoy them. Uh, those of you in the Facebook group, you know what's going on. Got some personal stuff with some uh, some family medical issues, and things have been pretty rough lately. Uh, not going to lie, and it's, you know, in the short term, it's probably not going to get any easier. But I do appreciate all the support that you guys have given me. And all the good vibes and prayers and everything like that. And I really, really do appreciate it. So, this is a listener ghost stories episode that was submitted for Halloween. I didn't get as many stories as I would have hoped, but they are still good ones. And before we get going, I do have to thank some new Patreon subscribers. We have Ginger Schultz, we have Laura Kotu, and Chris Morell. And I appreciate all that. I hope you guys are enjoying that huge backlog of Patreon. And with that being said, I haven't put anything out on Patreon, I know, for a couple months that is going to change. I have a few episodes actually to upload here in the next couple days. So I appreciate everybody's patience and everybody being understanding with what's going on. It really means a lot to me. I don't know really what else to say about any of that right now. It's um it's been a rough it's been a rough go. It's been a rough go. I do hope you guys enjoy this episode, though, and um, thank you all, like I said, for your continued support and patience and just being understanding. But, with that being said, let's get on with it. This story was submitted by Christina Johnson. And it says, when I was 10, I got my own room. I was super excited as I shared a room with my sister for too long. One night I was grabbing ice from the freezer in the kitchen and I felt heavy stepping behind me that went from the kitchen right into my room that was right off the kitchen. Now I grew up with things that went bump in the night all the time. But this time I was sleeping alone in my room. So very unsettling. My room also had a door that led to a garage, where we kept the washer and dryer, so I thought maybe my dad passed behind me and I just didn't see him. When I went to the living room, everyone was accounted for. Nobody had went to my room. I tried shrugging it off and headed for bed. About five minutes later, you could hear walking in my room, and all of a sudden, something sat down at the end of my bed. You could make out an imprint in my covers where someone had sat down. I ran out of the room screaming. Something was in my room and was letting me know of their presence. A week later, my grandparents got me a TV. It hadn't been hooked up to anything yet, just plugged in. We came home one night to an eerie glow coming from my room. You could see it from the outside through the garage. The TV was plugged in. I had plugged it in when I got it, but it had turned on. There was nothing but static on the TV. Night number two, same thing, TV on and static on the TV. By this point, my mom was catching on that something was going on. But my dad, as usual, a non-believer, told her it was probably a power surge. Night number three, same thing. Dad said it's a power surge. But then I said very quietly, the TV is unplugged. And when he went in to check, he saw it was unplugged, and the TV went to the corner for trash pickup. A year later, my dad was sitting at the kitchen table, dropped his fork in his dinner plate, grabbed a napkin, and drew what he saw in the wood grain of my bedroom door. It was the devil. In great detail, horns, muscular legs, and arms with a tail. My dad became a believer right then. My parents lived there until I was 23. Nothing ever happened after I moved out at age 18. But my mom said, after a visit from me, the house would stir for hours. Shit. (laughs) I tell you what, that one gave me chills. That was a great story. Holy shit. And actually, I have a very good friend of mine that she says the same thing about her TV will randomly turn on and it'll be static And just recently she has been telling me about her, um, her fan will turn off randomly or turn on for that matter, her fan in her bedroom. So I don't know, man, some weird shit, but that was a damn good story right there. All right. This next story is from Carl Hicks, longtime listener. Shout out to Carl. Always like talking to that dude. I wish I could talk to you guys more sometimes, but, um, I do get fairly busy, so Carl, I always do appreciate our conversations, and I'm glad that you've been a listener for this long and haven't, uh, haven't quit on me yet. But this is uh, submitted by email, and it says, Hi Justin, we are the Hicks family, Robin, and Carl. We live in central Oklahoma. My story is a bit odd, but definitely a ghost story that's happening now in real time every day. We bought our house, which was built in 1950. In March of 2008, right from the start, we heard odd noises in the attic, shuffling sounds. But there was never anything there, and all the entrances and vents were covered in chicken wire, so no critters can get in. This has never stopped, and it's always at night. We've gotten used to it, as that was all that had happened until my wife had an extended stay in the hospital after open-heart surgery. Every single night when I got in bed by myself, I could feel someone else sit on my wife's side, but no one was there. I thought it was my terrier, but he was in his kennel. Being married 40 years, we have psychic link. I freaked out thinking something happened to my wife in the hospital, but she was fine with no events. I went home and got back in bed exhausted, but it happened again. I told my wife what I was experiencing, and she said she'd felt that when I worked nights, but just blew it off okay experiment time she slept in the den and i slept in the bed i very carefully made the bed military corners and all i went to bed and sure enough it happened i got up and there was a butt print in the sheets it was small like a child or a slender woman next night my wife exchanged with me that the same thing happened but on my side of the bed it never touches us or moves anything and seems oblivious to us, and it never happens when we're in bed together. So we firmly believe that we live with a benevolent spirit that simply wants to stay in the house. We found that a lady died in the house in the 60s after a ladder accident. We think it's her. We still live here with the noises, shuffling sounds, and the bedsitter to this day. Now we have gotten used to both, but it is an unusual and unnerving event. Oh, and I almost forgot. My 20-year-old niece came to visit for the weekend, so we gave her the bed. The next morning she asked who came in and sat on the bed for a while. She said she thought it was her Aunt Robin. We told her what was going on, and she hasn't been back. I hope she comes back someday. (laughs) Well, that's it, y'all. Hope you like it. Your old-time fan in Oklahoma, stay witchy, Carl Hicks. (laughs) Man, that is awesome, dude. I tell you what, man, it really does sound like something residual. Like somebody's just carrying on with their life, so to speak. I guess that's, you know, their life in the afterlife. I don't know. I really personally don't believe that it's just darkness and nothingness afterward. I don't know. You know, obviously nobody knows, but I don't know. I'm a believer in the paranormal, so I think there's something after this. Whether it's good or not, couldn't tell you. But uh, Carl, I appreciate that story. That's awesome. And I hope your niece comes back to visit you sometime soon. (laughs) So, thanks again. Alright, this one is from Dixie Hawes. It is a short one, but a very good one. She says, When I was about 10 or 11, I was at our riverfront beach area. Late on a Sunday, everyone was wrapping up the weekend activities, and I was sitting in the swing holding a 5-month-old baby. All of a sudden, I hear a voice say, Dixie. I look around, there was no one there, but one of the trucks parked up on the hill appeared to be heading down the hill. I thought I saw my father behind the wheel. It was his truck. I stood just momentarily and stepped aside and the truck crashed right through the swing where I had been holding that baby girl and it destroyed it totally. It then crashed into a tree. I still consider that divine intervention. My father was down on the dock when the truck came down the hill. That is one of the most amazing events of my life. Praise God. I tell you what, Dixie, that is a pretty wild ass story and I would... I don't know, I'd be freaked out by that, I can tell you that much, shit. But yeah, wow, that was a good story right there. We have Tia with us, and Tia is actually very, very local to me, even like I I was just giving her a bunch of shit, because she's never come up here and hung out with me or anything like that, but that's alright. How you doing today?
0: I'm pretty good.
1: Good deal. Is there anybody you want to say hi to or anything like that?
0: Just my mama.
1: Yeah, when you told me she had some stories, I was like, obviously I want to hear all the spooky stuff, so I am uh, eager to hear this.
0: Yeah, I got a few from her and a few from when I was growing up. We have a pretty spooky family. The two that she had, when she was younger, she used to live in a house that was pretty haunted. She said that there was one time they all left somewhere. And when they come back, all of the doors in the house were opened up, like everything from regular doors to cabinet doors were open. And there was nobody home to open them. And then she lost both of her parents. My grandma died in 2015. And my grandpa died in 2020. And he was in a nursing home. When he passed away, she got a phone call to go out there and get everything like squared away and when she came home that I think it was like that morning or something she lay down to like rest and recuperate before she did anything else and she had a dream that they were both together in the nursing home getting ready to go on a trip and my grandma she always used to make fun of my grandpa for not being ready whenever she was and she always like bitch and complain and oh he's not ready yet he said that was exactly what was going on she walked in the door and grandma was like your dad's taking forever i can't i can't get him to hurry up so she said that that was she felt like she was there and like when she woke up she told my dad she said that wasn't a dream i was actually i was actually there
1: oh man
0: that one was hers and then uh when we lived in a house my aunt and uncle moved in with us my aunt got diagnosed with cancer so they moved in with us and we helped my uncle take care of my aunt and right after she passed away he said he went downstairs to make coffee for everybody and he made coffee he went upstairs he came back downstairs, and when he come back downstairs, all of her pots and pans that she kept underneath the stove were taken out of the stove and lined up in a line, like directly out from the stove. He turned around and walked into my mom's room, my mom and dad's room, and he's like, y'all need to come out here and check this out. And my mom's like, what are you doing? And he said, I didn't do that. It wasn't like that when I came down five minutes ago. And my mom's like, well, we'll clean it up and put it back in, you know, the (laughs) cupboard and everything will be okay. He's like, yeah, what was that? And my mom said, well, that was still coming back to say hi. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, And I think like two days after that, I was upstairs in my room. And she would always come in and knock on the door. Uh, She would always come in and tell us thank you for letting us stay there and telling us like how much she appreciated us and how much she loved us and I was sitting on my bed and I heard a knock on my door and I was like yeah nobody came in and I heard it again and I said yeah nobody came in and it knocked again and I was like what the fuck do you want and (laughs) as soon as I said that like my door flew open she didn't like when you cussed my door flew open and I, like, smacked the wall. No one there. But when I looked up down the hallway going down towards the stairs, I could see just a flash of her favorite nightgown going down the stairs. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cuss at you. And I <laughs> shut my door back up and I sat down for about 15 minutes. And then I went downstairs and they were all sitting on the back porch. And I was like, was anybody up there? and my mom said no and she said why what happened and i told her what happened and she was like yeah that was her coming back to say thank you one more time and uh
1: that's awesome. after
0: that i'd never no one knocked on my door after that scared the crap off
1: me. did it scare you or was it like kind of half-ass comforting or anything at
0: first it kind of scared me and then when i saw her nightgown i was like all right okay i understand i
1: know who it is yeah, yeah. that's pretty awesome
0: And then from the time I was in about mm, kindergarten till about senior year of high school, we lived in a haunted house. My sister, like I'm not ashamed to say this, my sister and I were, she was about sophomore, freshman, and I was about a junior. And we were still sleeping in the same room because it was that scary. Like you could hear people walking up and down the stairs you could hear knocks on the wall Um, and it was a duplex apartment so anybody that lived in the house next to us was always family whether it be my grandma or uh, my aunt and when i was really little i think like even before we moved in there my parents used to go to um, bearfield raceway they used to go oh, yeah. there all the time because my dad worked at Barker's import in New Haven and they had a race car that they'd built and put in there. So like every weekend my parents were at the racetrack one weekend we were with my grandma and she always used to say that someone died there. I don't know whether or not that's true or not, but she always used to tell us kids that when we were little one weekend You could hear pots and pans being moved. You could smell like sausage and eggs being cooked. The washer and dryer sounded like it was going, like people were doing normal daily tasks. My cousin, he's like 20 years older than me, like second cousin or whatever. He was Mm -hmm. staying there that one time and he said, well, Grandma, it's time for me to go. And she said, why? And he said, because I'm not. Stay in here and his girlfriend at the time was like dude it's ten thirty at night where are we gonna go and he said anywhere but here <laughs> and the whole time he's leaving my grandma's like you was shut up <laughs> and then in that same apartment I remember I was I came in from outside and I went to the bathroom and like the sink turned on by itself I said you can shut that off now and it shut off and I was like yep I'm about done (laughs) Uh, we just lived that through that the whole time and then when we moved I was a senior in high school and when we moved like I didn't have to have a nightlight I didn't want my sister in my room at all I'm like you have your own room get out of mine I don't want nothing to do with you
1: Did any of these experiences, like, kind of pull you more towards the paranormal or push you away from it?
0: I don't know if it pulled me more because, like I said, we've always been very spooky. Um, Mm -hmm. My grandpa, he was afraid of the upstairs of the house that they lived in forever. As soon as it hit, like, 6 o'clock, whether it was summertime or winter time as soon as it hit like 6 o'clock when the sun would start you know going down he'd say it's time to go downstairs no one's allowed up here after dark they slept in a hide a bed in the front room mostly because grandma couldn't walk up and down the stairs but mostly because papa wouldn't go upstairs after dark he said I'm not I'm not going up there there's something up there and I don't want a part of really?
1: it I wonder if he Maybe had that intuition that it was something negative, maybe.
0: Oh, probably.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, we've like I said, we've always been spooky, Grandma. Sit around and watch, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, Ghost yeah. Hunters. Hell yeah. Like we were 9, 10, 11 watching all that kind of stuff with Grandma on the weekends or during the summertime.
1: I really like your Grandma. She sounds really <laughs> awesome right now. Yeah. Before you had these experiences, what was your opinion on the paranormal? Were you just kind of like, oh, it's so fake, and then you had your own experiences or anything?
0: I've just grown up with it, so it's like in my DNA, I guess. My husband, he's, no, ghosts aren't real, and I'm like, (laughs) you just haven't had the right one yet.
1: I get a lot of that too. There's a lot of a lot of my listeners who like the crime stuff, and every time I do a paranormal, they'll make an offhand comment. It's like, yeah, nobody believes in it until it happens to them, you know. Then, yeah. Then it's a whole different story, and I don't know. That's how I always was too.
0: In the apartment that we live in now, we had a TV up on the wall, and it was up on the wall for a good two, three and a half years, and one night. Uh, we got woke up by a big crash. And we went out and that TV was laying on the floor. Like the whole bracket and everything came out of the wall. And instead of like landing face down, it landed face up. And we had a camera on at the time. And I played the camera back. It was a motion sensored camera. I played it back. You could see where he come out to smoke a cigarette, shut all the lights off. You could see a couple orbs fly through right before the TV fell. But the thing is you saw the TV on the wall and then it jumped and then all you saw was the TV laying face up on the floor. That's you weird. didn't see it fall off the wall. You didn't see any of that. Holy Everything shit. Underneath, underneath the TV that should have been knocked over was fine. It just went from being on the wall to on the floor. And he's like, Oh, it just fell.
1: I, know. I said if it
0: fell it would have fell face <laughs> first. Like it can't somersault through yeah. the air.
1: It's like it almost got pulled off from the bottom or something like that. Yeah. Just, that's weird. Oh man. And that didn't make that didn't even shake him, did it?
0: No. <laughs> like... He's like it just fell off the wall. I was like, dear, if it falls Everything underneath would have been messed up. Yeah. It would have fell face first. It's laying face up. There's no damage to the TV. Like, it worked until I got rid of it.
1: That is crazy. And was there any, like, missing time on the on the video or anything?
0: It's a motion sensor, so it records when it sees motion. Oh, it records, yeah. like, 30 seconds before and than whenever it stops but like i said it jumped because you could see it on the wall and then you saw it on the floor you didn't see it fall you didn't see anything before it you just saw it on the floor
1: (laughs) and supposedly it just fell on the ground and didn't hit anything else
0: no it didn't hit anything else it just fell and i mean we had a stand underneath it so it had to be like off the wall and then away from the stand
1: and he's... that's uh, just cracks me up and he's, he's like oh, yeah no.
0: he still tells me nope it just fell off the wall <laughs> I'm like okay if you say so
1: <laughs> have you done any any like back research into any of the places that you lived to where you had like some experiences
0: no there was the house that we were buying was it said it was a part of the the Huntington poor destitute part and that that was the one that um we could see like shadows where there shouldn't have been shadows like moving back and forth and that was the only one that we had ever done any research on okay um, other than that the one that i lived in when i was a kid all i know was that it got a plaque that it was like the historic ghetto part of huntington It got that plaque when I was in like 10th grade. And I told my mom, I was like, we live in the ghetto.
1: It's like, thanks. I'm so proud of this.
0: But like I said, grandma used to tell us that somebody died there uh, before they split it up into a duplex apartment. But we knew the landlord the whole time my mom was friends with the lady we called her grandma when we were little, and she had never said anything. So we don't really know any more about it. And uh, mom said she wasn't even sure if someone died in there. She just knows that it was a house, and then it was split up into two apartments.
1: That is pretty awesome, though. I don't know. Might have to make a trip to Huntington one of these days because I know that that portion you know, along with Fort Wayne and the surrounding towns, are super old. Mm-hmm. So that is pretty curious because I know a lot of those houses probably around that area are old farmhouses that they kind of built towns around. Yeah. They've been around for a long time. That's how that house was that I grew up in that we had all that stuff happen. It was like right smack dab in the middle, almost in the middle of town. But it was also like at the time, I want to say about 110, 120 years old. And this was like the mid-late 90s. There's just so much history and shit there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Tia, shit, I appreciate these stories, man. Thank you. I just can't believe the <laughs> the TV one didn't convince your husband.
0: Nope, he still <laughs> thinks that ghosts aren't real. Like we live in this apartment. We moved to a house, and then we moved back to this apartment. And I went through and did you know, saging and stuff before we come back and he said I don't know why you're doing this like none of this stuff works. <laughs> I was like don't even.
1: <laughs>
0: I know what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: exactly. You should take them on like a schedule like a paranormal investigation sometime somewhere.
0: I want to. Um they all my friends all make fun of me cuz I can't do like the jump scare haunted houses. Yeah. But I'm always like, let's find one that's for real haunted. And yeah. how, they're like, how can you do that? And you can't. And I said, I can't take it when people like set out to scare me. But if it's <laughs> if it's a real haunted house, I can do it.
1: It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I will suggest one of the episodes I'm going to drop this month is is uh, my stay at the Indiana State Sanatorium. And I'll be honest, I I recommend people go there.
0: Yeah, my friend was talking to me about that one, and I told her, I said, you had posted that you'd been there, and it was real fun, and I said, I want to go to that, and she said, well, we'll come up with the money and go for it, and we haven't yet, so. Yeah,
1: it's unfortunately, because Ghost Hunts USA does it, it's expensive, I mean, it's <laughs> corporation, and they're, they're milking it, but. It's kind of nice because they do it, I think, like six nights out of the week. So it's easy to find a day that works for you. But I'll be honest Mm -hmm. with you, you get your money's worth. I had four hours worth of audio and I probably got a solid hour and a half of just EVPs and shit. And us asking the questions and getting answers back and shit. I'm so uh, jealous. (laughs) It was, uh, I highly suggest it, highly, because I try to go places and if I do the research first and it's just kind of bullshit, like I'm not gonna go. But Indiana State has like a lot of history. It's a lot of documented history. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go into a little bit of that when I do the episode too. But a lot of documented deaths over the course of damn near a hundred years. The intelligent responses that we got from the E V P and I'll give you I'll give you a little, a little hint. Freaking this thing called me out by name and when they at when i asked how it knew me and we had a <clears throat> like an sb7 box which is kind of like a geoport which mm-hmm. is kind of like a really nice ghost box without the white noise and shit i asked how it knew me you can hear two entities or whatever talking amongst themselves like talking back and forth and you can't really make out what they're saying but it's two distinct different voices and one of them says it's justin from sally's house and when it said that there were there were like seven people or eight people in our group and three of them knew that i had stayed at the sally house a few years ago and as soon as they heard them say that they were like oh my god dude and they're like, are you still... Because I was basically going to walk down this hallway and get some mm-hmm. EVPs on my own. And they're like, you going down there still? And I'm like, well, shit, yeah, I am. But I was like, that's a little <laughs> bit freaky, you know? That's I weird. Was <laughs> I felt like this just sinking feeling in my stomach. I was like, fuck. The other... We picked up, like, uh, these two girls who were kind of scragglers. They had left their group. And we were like, yeah, come with us. We're, you know... So it was a small group of us, and those two girls were really nice. But they were like, what? When they heard that, and we all just (laughs) kind of fell out, we're like, oh, shit. And they're like, what? What? I was like, I stayed at the Sally House a few years ago. Everybody likes going places with me because I seem to rile shit up. After about five more minutes, and they were hearing some of the shit that box was saying, they were like, now we're good we're good and they <laughs> they <out>. split <laughs> off there they were done and it was right at about three or three 30 in the morning and they were just like no nope, we're out and right. uh but yeah we got a lot of weird intelligent responses all right well i suppose i appreciate you sharing sharing your stories with us
0: well thank you for having me
1: Well, I imagine I will uh, hopefully see you around. We do need to meet up sometime since you are so close. Me and your husband will go out and grab some beers. Yeah. Well, you take care. Have a good rest of your day.
0: Thanks, you too.